Welcome to Loaded Talk. I am your congressman, the third most popular candidate ever to be. I am Frank, and along with me is... Charlie. (laughs) What just happened? (laughs) Are we good? Are we recording? Okay. Don't worry. This is the quality you've come to expect in this program, and we will deliver on such. Um... Last week, well, actually, before we get into last week, I've I've realized a new point I am at in my life, Charlie. I've realized that the quality of a nose hair trimmer is enough for me to start considering a purchase. That is where I am. Are you getting the the tugging or the? No, I'm just not content with the clearing abilities. I have uh, recently gotten a hair on both nostrils on the outside. Well, on the inside of my nose, but on the outside part. And they grow like this. Ah. So as soon as it just exists beyond a smidge, it goes right to tickling the nostril. And so I'm just constantly just like, oh, God. Oh, feeling like I have a bugger. Just feeling like there's just something up my nose. And uh, I don't know. Sometimes I attack, I attack, I attack, and I say, we're good. And then that day, not so good. Uh, nose hairs are weird to me because... Um they tend odd ones tend to grow extremely fast, and I'm not sure why. Yeah, like every now and then it'll just be like you have a 30 foot nose hair. Just you go, how did the hell did that even get there? I just cut them. It's uh, I've got somebody I won't call out by name, a friend I used to live with, and his nose hairs always cascade out like a majestic forest, like a willow tree, if you were. <laughs> um, anyway, so last week we had technical difficulties. Oh. Are we good on both of our we're, screens? We're having a little bit of technical difficulties right now. The oh. auto scene switcher is not working properly. Oh, no. So. Should we pause and regroup? Start over. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, we're back. We had some issues. <laughs> Different issues than last week. Now it's just other issues. <laughs> we're figuring it out. We're getting fancy. Um, so I know we covered the most important issue of the nose hair clippers. Um, so last we got some things queued up that we never got to, and then somehow this week, uh, things just are relevant again. So uh, last week had, of course, the biggest surprise that no one on this planet saw coming, and that was that the uh, the leader of the Wagner Group, uh, what was his name? I always got to look at it to pronounce it, Bergosian. So Bergosian, who is the head of the Wagner Group, who led the brief coup against Putin during this war in Ukraine, who said Putin's men were firing on their men, and... He was marching and he was going to go all the way to the Capitol and all this stuff. And everyone's like, oh, like everybody seemed like everybody on the left was like, sweet, Putin's going to be out. It's like, yeah, maybe the guy that's been running the private military is more dangerous, equally as dangerous, maybe crazy. I don't know. Uh, but either way, he marched in and at some point they made peace through. Um, oh, shoot. Which uh, which country was it that they it wasn't Macedonia? It was. uh was it Macedonia? No. Oh well. There was a another country that stepped in. A, a friendly, a friendly Russian, a country friendly to Russia stepped in to help broker peace and go. Okay, listen, we're going to uh, we're going to let Prigozhin, you know, just dip out. He can come over here. Uh, he's sorry. Uh, the Wagner Group's going to go back to fighting for you. He's really sorry about that, and we're just gonna no harm, no foul this thing. <laughs> He's really sorry. I was scrolling to see if I can find the damn country. Well, whatever. It'll pop up in my head later. Um, 
So, you know, everyone's like, well, that's weird. Putin just let him go. And everyone thought that was interesting. And uh, ends up his plane crashed. So he, he got to live free and free of Putin and all that. And uh, him and his number two guy and a couple other high-ranking people were all on this airplane. And then it exploded. And it crashed. And so, believe it or not, someone that led a coup against Pooty Poot did not get to live happily ever after in Russia. Kind of like when those other people like fell out of hospitals and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so that was big surprising news. However, today I just learned, and this might not be quite as new, see the date on it, but okay, three days ago. So... Did you were you aware of the some of the moon activity lately from different countries? Oh yes, uh, in India, I believe, just landed on the dark side. The South Pole. South Technically, Pole. there's no dark side of the moon. Okay, that's just an album. Okay, okay. Great album. <laughs> it is. Um, but yeah, so India had that successful landing on the South Pole, and so that was a big deal. Uh, and then Russia, a couple days before that, they had something they were doing. It was like an unmanned sort of drone ship. Well, it crashed into the moon. <laughs> it got close. They tried. Well, as of three days ago, uh, one of Russia's leading space scientists has died after he was allegedly poisoned with mushrooms. Happens all the time. Professor Vitaly Melnikov was head of the Department of Rocket and Space Systems at RSC, Moscow's leading spacecraft manufacturer. The 77-year-old was battling illness caused by the severe poisoning for more than two weeks, but doctors were unable to save him. Inedible mushrooms have been cited as the source of his poisoning. Let's see. I think... And there was another one that comes just weeks after his Putin's dreams were dashed when a Russian spacecraft sent to explore the moon crashed into the surface after going into an uncontrolled orbit. So this guy failed Russia, and now he's dead. And there was a second guy that was part of it too. That also uh, is he or is in the hospital for mushroom poisoning. They're not even trying to hide it. <laughs> no, they haven't tried to hide it in a while. Like that one guy that killed in England, where they're like, he died from radioactive poisoning like and i don't know how he got that from drinking tea but it's just like yep they got to him and so no i don't think he's trying to hide it it's just like you're supposed to explore the moon now we wasted you know i forget what it was a hundred and something million two hundred something million dollars and i look like a fool and i'm trying to do this stuff in ukraine just give them the mushrooms <laughs> yeah not even like a, you know like at least the CIA has like the ice dart heart attack gun, you know, <laughs> but Russia just yeah, just give them some bad mushrooms. They might have that kind of stuff. They're like, we're not gonna use that on our own. That's for international stuff. Like, let's just get it done. Just poison them. Just poison them. Or like, <clears throat> there's a couple guys that were like, he was walking around visiting someone in the hospital and he just fell out of his sixth floor window. It's like he fell out of a sixth floor hospital window. Like. I don't know. I've walked around buildings and never fallen out of any other windows. Like, ever. I got like 100% success rate on this one, you know? <laughs> but uh, but in Russia, they are still killing people. So that was I wanted to talk about Bergosian. Were you shocked when that happened? 
when uh, Bergosian's plane got shot down? Oh, no, not at all. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. So it was one of those, like, after last week, I was like, well, I don't know if we're going to be able to talk about this one. But then it came back, just came back in the news because they're killing new people. Uh, another big one that was from last week, <clears throat> which just to touch on briefly, was, uh, of course, Joe Biden finally went to Maui, talked to the Hawaiians. Uh, of course, you know, as you remember, he was asked about it while he was on vacation on the beach in Delaware. Well, Hawaii was burning, and they said, Mr. President, about this wildfire situation, you know, what do you have to say? And he said, no comment. Like, you don't have any comment? No comment. And so he was on vacation, which made sense. So Hawaii is burning and stuff. And um, But then he had this Lake Tahoe vacation lined up. So after the Delaware vacation, Biden went to the Lake Tahoe vacation, which they're kind of looking at now because... It's a very rich donor, and they're just like, hey, man, you got a receipt because you say you rented it, so what's that? And then the neighbors are going, hey, do you have a receipt? Because uh, this neighborhood doesn't allow you to do that. You can't do short-term rentals, so show me the receipt, too. And so now the neighbors are kind of pissed, and you can't rent it out. And uh, the accountability people are saying, you literally have to rent it out, otherwise this is a federal crime. And uh, another one. Um so after that vacation, then he went to Maui and, uh, of course he, he spoke the healing words. Um, we're gonna, can we jump to this clip here? I'm sure I get my thingy in my ear. Am I, should I not talk during it? Well, I think, I think you'd be okay. Okay. Let me see here. I think I put the wrong one on. We are going to the... We're going to do the one that's uh, the one that we were... Lightning, lightning struck. Yeah, but not the, the first one. The one that should be the leftmost one on your screen. Let's see. That's uh, Will Kane, his Twitter feed. Yes. Okay, yeah. Oh, Will Kane's from Fox and Friends. I had no idea who that guy was. Mm-mm. So this is him. He he's gonna be in some fine flowers. Because of course he's how worn. Okay, here we go. I don't want to compare difficulties. Probably should. We have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. We did. Years ago, now fifteen years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday. Sunny Sunday. And lightning struck. At home, huh? on a little lake, it's outside. A lake? Home, a lake. Oh, a big pond. pond. <laughs> and hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the... The heating ducts? Oh, okay. To make a long story short... <laughs> doing a good job of that. I almost lost my wife, my 67-year-old, <laughs> and my cat. <laughs> all kidding aside, I watched the firefighters... The way they responded. Yeah. Right. You know, there's an old expression. I grew up right across the street from a fire hall in Claymont, Delaware. Wait and get rid of blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and So, so there was that. His just, I mean, first off, his ability to tell a story. I mean, that is just, that's a great story. You know, the leg, well, it's a pond. Hit my heating. 
it was my air conditioning. But now, so obviously he goes in there and he compares this minor kitchen fire um, that was contained in 20 minutes uh, while he was in another city to having your friends and family and neighbors burnt to a, a crisp in some sort of unrecognizable, just carbon situation. Thousands of missing children and people. It's like safe, but hey, you know, my I had this fire and could have taken out my Cadillac, my nineteen sixty or not Cadillac, my nineteen sixty seven Corvette. So that didn't go over well in Hawaii. Also, it's not true, especially the part where at the end he says he watched the firefighters, because at the very beginning of the sentence or the story, he said he was doing Meet the Press in Washington D.C. and it struck in Delaware when he wasn't home. But then he was watching the firefighters as they worked in Delaware. It was very impressive. Which, I mean, if he could have gotten from D.C. to Delaware in less than 20 minutes and gotten to his house, that would have been impressive. But it didn't go over too well in Hawaii. uh, (laughs) People were booing him when he finally showed up. You know, people had big tarps on their house that said no comment on it. And uh, Hawaii generally, outside of like elected senators and like dc politicians that are everybody's a democrat you know the governor's a democrat so if you get the elected democrats they had very nice things to say about biden um a lot of the people they did not and so that was something so it was like all right that was pretty stupid this story well i think i think a lot of people could agree it was pretty stupid right uh, i mean yeah i mean he's draped in in Lay's, Hawaiian Lay's. You know, I'm told, and I've never been to Hawaii, I'm told that's a sign of being welcome. And so maybe it's just what you have to do, I guess, to, yeah, I guess you don't have to, but maybe taking it off would be insulting or something. But uh, here's a couple days later. Here's another thing uh, where Biden is talking. You see uh, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin piece of garbage over his shoulder and then uh i forget who that is that that's not my orcas what's that guy's name the monopoly man looking guy i forget who he is but uh anyway let's let's see what he had to say this next time around i should set that up a little smoother I didn't know anything like that, but I lightning struck my house. We had to be out of that house for about seven months while it was repaired because so much damage was done to the house and half the house almost collapsed. Yeah. Yeah. So he told the lightning story again this week. And this time when he told the lightning story, this time half his house almost collapsed. And he had to be out there for seven months. This fire was contained in 20 minutes. Which I think is from the time they called 911. I don't think the firefighters took 20 minutes to contain it. But, like, it was a small kitchen fire. Half the house did not collapse. Nobody hurt the cat or the Corvette or Jill. If Jill was even there, I assume Jill was there. Uh, None of these things happened. And, like, he's just getting crazier. Oh, man, I didn't pull this for this week. But did you see Mitch McConnell froze up again? Yep. That, I mean... The internet's running wild with that. It's he there's something wrong with him, you know, like he that that first time he's doing a normal this, this was like a more friendly group, you know, and um, 
Yeah, he just froze up. And the question was, have you thought about, uh, what are your thoughts on running for re-election in three years, four years, whatever it is? And he just, huh? Real? What was that? It's like, re-election. Do you want to run for re-election? And we good? I'm loud. Hmm, normally I'm quiet. Um, but yeah, so then that, like, first he's like, oh, I don't know. I can't, I can't hear you. And then we, they asked again, and he just kind of froze and looked, and they asked again. He just kind of faded up. And then his handler came over. He's like, oh, well, hold on, guys. We'll just pause the questions. And then, uh, and then she called over this other guy, and he, I don't know what magic he whispered in this ear, but he went up to McConnell. He's just like, also McConnell's just like, okay, I can answer some questions now. <laughs> just like, and she's like, okay, anybody want to say a new questions? Who wants a new question? And like, just like that, he just kind of came back. And uh, the sneakiest part was sneaky. The next day. They released doc, a doctor's note, basically, because, you know, they couldn't pretend this didn't happen. So they had a, his doctor said, oh, yeah, we've checked out Mitch. He's, he's fine to go back to work. Uh, you know, after concussions, sometimes getting lightheaded is a normal, uh, normal side effect that happens when, when you've been concussed because, you know, he fell however many months ago, you know. And so they're like, oh, he got a little lightheaded. Like, I've been lightheaded. That's when you go, Ooh, hold on. Okay. You can speak. Yeah, I mean, even if you go, I just just give me a minute, give me one minute. What you don't do is just go, and just cease to be. Like he was not there anymore. Just like the first time, he left the building, and no one told his body. And so, like, but it's gross, you know. The only reason he's he will be in there. I mean, this is Mitch McConnell, you know. He will be in there until. The last day. Like, he won't run for re-election, probably. But, like, as long as the governor of Kentucky is a Democrat, Mitch McConnell will be a sitting senator because the governor would get to name an interim person. He would name um, a Democrat. And so they're just going to let his weird Senate majority butt go up there and just lose place, and they'll just poke him with sticks and get him over the finish line. But unless he dies, like, he's not stepping down. Just like Diane Feinstein. Feinstein. Feinstein? Feinstein? Feinstein. Feinstein. I think it's Feinstein. I think Feinstein. Yeah. And, uh, but hers is even grosser because hers is just Pelosi doesn't want anybody but Adam Schiff to be the next, uh, senator from California. Adam Schiff's already. He's, uh, you know, he's been sitting there kissing all the, kissing all of the butts all the time when, uh, during the Russian collusion thing, he was the guy that was on CNN every day going, no, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've read it. It's going to be bad. It's it's incriminating. I've read it. I've seen it. I've held it. And of course, it didn't exist. He was just lying like every single day. But he paid his dues, you know. And Pelosi works with him in the House. And Pelosi from California wants Adam Schiff to be the next senator. Whereas Gavin Newsom said that if he had to name, uh, if, he, if he had to appoint somebody to the Senate, it would be a black woman. And uh, because he said that, that means it's some, I forget who it is, but there's some popular figure that I think is at the state house level or something like that, who's very likely to get this role. And so Pelosi just doesn't want her to be there. She wants Adam Schiff. And so Feinstein's going to sit there just melting into a glob of ooze until like, until her reelection date. 
And then they'll be, and then Adam Schiff will jump up in there, or unless they can strike some deal, you know. But uh, and then old uh, what's his face in Pennsylvania? What's that guy's name again? The guy whose brain didn't work when he got elected. <laughs> Fetterman. Fetterman. <laughs> Fetterman. The guy looks like Uncle Fester, except for he can't speak or anything because of all the strokes. And so I do. Like, okay, good speech, Senator. Um, so we got that guy too. Like, we've got three sitting senators who can't talk without, like, that can't understand things that are happening. They don't understand. They can barely handle themselves. And they're serving. And there's three of them plus the president. Three plus the president. And that's on top of all the idiots, you know? Like, Kamala Harris theoretically has nothing wrong with her mentally or physically. She's just an idiot, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and she's number two. So like, you know, we got somebody with dementia, like, you know, it shows how like gross this machine is because it's like, so you're telling me the Senate majority leader just disappears sometimes and everything's running just the same president, a couple other senators, not even there. Things just run. So, oh yeah, things will just keep running. Oh, it's almost like it doesn't even matter who's elected. Like, it's just one big corrupt machine. I wonder what happens when he's not on camera. Like, what are we not seeing? Oh, for real. Because <laughs> that was the thing. Like, in the clip, uh, the probably press secretary, I don't know if everybody just rolls in this, but she she was very calm about, oh, Senator, did you hear the question? Oh, okay. Oh, uh, about re-election. Okay, everybody, we're going to have to pause this. And, like, she didn't freak out. And then when she was like, oh, hey, it's over here. Other dude walked up, calm as a Hindu cow. I was just like, hey. And he like he literally just turned his back to all the press. He leaned towards McConnell, just and so whispered some incantation. And all of a sudden McConnell was just I'm people now. <laughs> <laughs> that dude's so corrupt. Mitch McConnell, he uh he's saying Republicans are tough on China, you know. That's what Republicans are. They're tough on China. But that dude's got an international freight, like, shipping company. His, uh, his wife he met is a very nice woman of Chinese descent. Her family is a very prominent business, uh, a prominent family in business in China. And so with, uh, with this shipping company, you know, McConnell had a ship or something, had a boat. But somehow, you know, McConnell's in-laws... Like, let's introduce you to some people. McConnell said, and so now he has a fleet of ships, and China paid for all of them. Wow. Yeah, those ships are very not very not cheap. They're very expensive. You know, like millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions, maybe. I mean, they're expensive. And um, he's got I don't know, I forget what it was, six, eight, something like that. And he didn't have to pay one dime for them. Stuff on China, cocaine, Mitch. Well done. Yeah, I know. But, but don't worry. He's not in anybody's pocket. And like Biden collecting his bags of cash. He's not in anybody's pocket. That's fine. All these it's just normal stuff. This is just how normal life goes. This is fine. <laughs> this is fine. Everything's fine. Um well, some new news. Oh, actually, if we're gonna do new news, I'm gonna start with some breaking news that happened while we we're attending to our issues. Uh, the lead singer of Smash Mouth just died. Really? Mm-hmm. He had, like, liver failure or something like that. 
And so he just he was in hospice and he died like a few minutes ago, hmm. or maybe an hour ago. I don't know. Sometime as we were recording or something. But uh, yeah, like 53, 56, something like that. But uh, yeah, it was a, he got his game on and he went and played. But apparently he played with lots of things that were bad for his liver. Oh yeah. So, E-Day. Now, how will we find bucket hats? I thought Smash Mouth was going to get a real resurgence because of bucket hats coming back in the Ugh. style. I mean, no. Uh, I don't know why Bucket's Hat. They just remind me of that band. Was it the first album? I mean, the first music video where they wearing those or something? I don't even remember. I don't either. I just remember like Bucket Hats and I think of Smash Mouth. <laughs> um, all right. So, arguably more important news. So, as we know, our government is trying to get more and more the direction of not having to pass laws... With, like, legislators, um, because then they have to admit they voted a certain way, and they might not get reelected, might not be able to get as much money. So the administrative state is something that we've really been trying to empower over the last X number of years, uh, where it can be like, we set up an administrative agency, and then they just make rules, and they govern all of us, and we all have to obey, the, you know, just live by them. Um but they never actually became a law. The regulation. It's different. It's different. Yes, you break regulations, you get fined, and you might have to go to jail. Like a law. So it's like that. But it's different, if you think about it. So there's this little organization uh, that loves shooting dogs. And their name is the ATF. And so if you ever are worried that an Amish guy might be selling guns or... That somebody's dog might just be barking too much. You call the ATF. They will make sure that Amish guy pays. And they will shoot everyone's dogs. But now they have decided to just go ahead and skip over um, any sort of legislative process. And they're just going to enact what they call universal background checks. And so, basically, the ATF has changed some rules on what they call the gun show loophole. Are you aware of the gun show loophole? Yes. It has nothing to do with gun shows. It's about private sellers. Most people at gun shows actually have their license, and so they do run background checks and stuff because it's a business, and they're paying the money for the booth, and they're just like, yeah, I've got an FFL. I got, you know, I'm set up. This is my business. I'm going to sell some guns. So, very few... Guns by quantity are sold with the gun show loophole, which just means if I want to sell you a gun, Charlie, I don't have to run a background check on you. That's it. I'm not a business. I got a gun. You want my gun? I'll sell it to you. No background check needed. So the ATF says, no, 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 no. that stays. That stays. You know, as long as you're not trying to make any profit on it. You go, well, so what? They go, yeah, if, if your gun's like new, you know, maybe you have the original packaging or anything like that. That might be, you might need to go ahead and get a background check. Also, if you're going to try and make money on the sale, you're doing a business, your business now. And you're like, what? They go, unless it's a collectible. You go, okay. And we kind of determine whether it's a collectible or not. And, um, you know, even then you have to, you have to be selling it in order to expand your collection, not to make profit 
So you got this whole thing where they're just like, if someone is making money on the deal, uh, then basically they're a, oops, they're a gun shop. And as a gun shop, they got to do the background check. They got to pay the money. I do all this stuff. And so it's this really stupid thing where they're going to start like basically auditing you to be like, well, what's your cost basis on that pistol? How much money did you make? And like, you know, I can't imagine people are just been what? And you would think you can just argue time value of money or whatever. It's like, yeah, it was four hundred dollars when I got it, but that was in you know two thousand and one, and you know inflation's been a thing. Um, but it's something the Biden administration and a lot of uh, Democrat people have been pushing for. They um, they don't want to wait for a law to pass because they know they can't pass anything, especially when it's unconstitutional. Um, Let's see. What were the other fun things here? You can occasionally sell firearm only to obtain more valuable, desirable, or useful firearms for either personal collection or hobby, unless their conduct also demonstrates a predominant intent to earn a profit. So that's the big that's the big determining factor. You just can't you can't hope that any of your purchases appreciate the value of their guns. You just have to sit there and go. Well, I'll settle the loss for you. That's uh, last of all I'm thinking it will help. <laughs> um, all right. I've got a couple fun, well, one fun thing. Um, Burning Man. So we're going to go to the video that uh, starts with uh, climate def- defiance. Uh, so this is just enjoyable. Normally, I don't take a lot of pleasure in things like police violence. But this is a native land, and therefore, you know, it was stolen from them, and they've had it bad and all that kind of stuff. So I think they're allowed to do whatever they want. Um, That's going to be my view on the matter. But basically, on the road out, like the highway, leading out to the Burning Man Festival, these climate activists decide they're going to do the most obnoxious thing in the world, which is shut down the whole damn road by sitting in it and blocking everybody. And I got to say, like, Peaceful protests, all that. Once you start blocking roads to people, it's just like, I hope you get run over. Like, I know you're not supposed to kill people, but if somebody just runs you over, like with a big Hummer or something, like, I'm, I mean, I understand. <laughs> like, if I was in the jury, I'd be like, I don't know, premeditated. I don't. It could have been an accident. Feels like an accident. I mean, technically, you're jaywalking. Yeah, there you go. Uh, all right, let's hit play. Pour through it. <laughs> and they gave uh, they gave him a heads up before that, like you have this much time to leave. The screams of nonviolence. We're nonviolent. We're nonviolent. Her, her cries really do do it for me. <laughs> We're environmental protesters. The audacity. <laughs> uh, so that was uh, that was the 
beginning of Burning Man was those jokers trying to block everything to make their point. Which, which by the way, they're not blocking a road to like, um, I don't know, some oil meeting or some you know Republican club. Like it's Burning Man. It's gonna be a bunch of people like listening to music and doing drugs out in the desert. You know, like it's. I don't think a lot of people are anti your position environmental people you know like i think these people share your perspective and they just say i'm gonna block the road and so yeah that yeah the longer clip the guy in the truck's just like you got whatever it is 90 seconds to get out of the road if you do not get out of the road 90 seconds and whatever and so sure enough you just and then dragged them all different directions it's like sorry you're on tribal land and you're blocking their road so they got you off this, like the blocking roads and like putting paint and crap on paintings, like food and stuff about. I hate that. And like, no matter what you're protesting, like, I now support the other thing. And you're like, I'm anti pollution. It's like, well, now I support pollution. So, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It was, I never thought about liking it, but now I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I like my air where I can kind of chew on it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, my plastic bags, I just throw them in the ocean. It's fine. Sometimes I cut up in small microplastics and scatter them around. Try and shove straws up turtles' noses. It's just what I do now. It's my new policy. <laughs> Anti-environment marketing. I love it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, this truck gets just about two miles to the gallon. But don't worry. It also blasts some nice dark clouds of smoke. Yeah, and so that was how it started. And so then people eventually got to Burning Man. And then it got worse. Where? Ooh, death investigation launched at Burning Man. Flooding strands 70,000 at festival at Chris Rock Escape by Hitchhiking. This is from uh, Blaze Media. It says thousands of attendees have been stranded at the site of the Burning Man Festival after the desert area in Nevada was flooded. Authorities are investigating a death at the eccentric festival held at Black Rock City, Nevada. Storms poured eight-tenths of an inch of rain in the Black Rock Desert between Friday and Saturday. So over three days, it was less than one inch. But being the desert, the 24-hour rainfall total was the same amount of rain that the area receives in two to three months. So they don't get a lot of rain because it's the desert. Uh, rain caused the typically arid desert grounds to transform into thick clay-like mud. Let's see. Apparently, a lot of where this is is being held in La pa the Playa. The Playa is an ancient lake bed, and when it's wet, it can be impassable. Vehicles can get stuck due to the fine silt and clay minerals that exist on the Playa. Stuck vehicles can also impact the Playa ecosystem. Additionally, cell phone service can be spotty, and, and towing services are limited. Stay off the wet Playa and stay unstuck. So, yeah, like all these people... Um, cause the clay was real, like, like your vehicle couldn't move. So all these people are sitting there, they're like, man, preserve your food, preserve your water, just be patient. Um, and like, so everybody just kind of got stuck at a rained out burning man. I guess it was a raining man. Uh, <laughs> but there was, uh, let's see at some point here, I guess there's a DJ called DJ Diplo. He posted a video of Instagram. He and Chris Rock walked six miles through the mud and then hitchhiked in the back of some dude's pickup truck to get to the airport. So a six-mile walk followed by just riding in some dude's 
pickup bed to get to the airport. I was just like, oh, I love Chris Rock. <laughs> like, yeah, I think I saw a video of him in the back of a truck saying that all he wanted was a nice cold beer. <laughs> <laughs> sure he did. Oh, God, after a six-mile walk in the desert. Holy jeez. I kind of forgot about that aspect. It is six miles in the desert. Even with it being wet. Ugh. So Burning Man ended up not turning out so good for lots of people involved. I don't even know if that's something I ever want to do. Burning Man. It just seems like such a thing. Yeah, it looks interesting, but I have a feeling right when I get there, I'd be like, nah. <laughs> I'm stuck here now. <laughs> that's my conceit. Yeah, like the way to get it, especially like this line. Um, did that in the video just now? Did it do the wide shot of the line of cars and the one where they wrecked the where they wrecked the environmentalist? You would have noticed if it did. The line of cars was going back miles and miles. Like the amount of traffic being held up was. I don't know how many miles. Oh, yeah. In the beginning of the video, it shows. It does. Kind it. Of, yeah. yeah. Well, it, at some point, and the thing it pulls back, and you're just like, holy cow. Like, as far as the eye can see. Yeah, it's going into the horizon. You yeah. You see the line going back. Yeah. So it's like in the desert, desert horizon, which goes pretty far. And it's all those people are waiting and just like driving through with all those people. I don't want to do that. Like, in general, I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, so that's part of it. I what was another thing. This is something that I haven't really seen. Well, actually, before we get too serious, I guess we got to talk about Donald Trump's mugshot because we weren't able to get on here last week. I'll pull that up. Let's see it. Let's see that mug. Yeah. So this was for the indictment in Atlanta, of course. And this is the one. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how many like, I wonder how many shots like how many faces they workshop to get that one. You know, um, I thought he was gonna go with a smile. I thought he was gonna kind of go Trump twenty four, but no. Ghostbusters. You feel like it's a Ghostbusters pose? The uh, the painting of the, oh. the guy. Yeah, what's that guy's name? I can't remember the character now. Yeah, yeah, he had some funny name. Yeah. It does look like that painting. <laughs> Maybe that's where they got the idea. I'm just like, remember that creepy painting? It almost took over New York. Maybe try it. But uh, yeah, you know, he was. They said they were gonna make him do a mugshot, and they sure did. And I think it kind of makes it all look sillier. Um, but they got that mugshot, and he looks all grumpy gills. Um, of course, immediately after that. They release it as a T-shirt and all sorts of products, and they have their largest single-day fundraising of the campaign, making $7 million in one day. And everybody else is grabbing it and selling merch left and right. Like, this face can be everywhere. Um, one of the funnier things I, I heard from, uh, from the right was people saying, like, oh, with this mugshot stuff, I mean, he's just wrapping up the black vote. Like, this mugshot is going to be like Tupac or something, but... It's like, so you think, think the black vote is going to go to Donald Trump because he has a mugshot? It's like, is that because you think all black people have mugshots and now it's more relatable? Is that, is that the, is that what we're going with here? It seems to be what they're going with. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, some well, no, no, you know, being persecuted, 
prosecuted unfairly, you know? Like, a lot of black people have been prosecuted unfairly. It's like, I mean, okay, I guess that has happened. I mean, it has happened. But I still don't know about your theory. <laughs> like, now that he's been arrested, black people are going to love him. Yeah, I don't think it's... Well, yeah, and the, the persecution, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily... I think a lot of different backgrounds get wrongfully... Sure. Convicted. Yeah. Of whatever. And, you know, it is true that if you're talking about, like, the Southeast, um, especially farther you go back, yeah, black people got things pinned on them a lot. Um, but I just don't think that that's a safe assumption to make. Like, black people are just sitting there being like, well, about whatever, I forget what his numbers were, about 17% of us really liked him in that last election. It's like, oh, he got arrested? 80%? <laughs> so I didn't know he was getting arrested. Shit. <laughs> Guess if you don't vote for him, you ain't black. <laughs> oh, wrong guy, wrong guy, wrong guy. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so what... Uh, how did you feel when you got to see the the mugshot come to be? Oh, I was I mean, I wasn't I wasn't surprised at all. I expected I didn't expect it to be this good and when I say good, <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I expected something like this. Yeah, no, it's uh it it is nice. It's it's a good one. It's, I I'm interested not just how much he raises, overall, how much revenue is generated. Because people that hate Trump are selling shirts uh, with his face on it. People that love Trump are selling shirts with his face on it. This could be the top-selling image of all time outside of, like, Jesus or something, you know? So, you know, now Donald Trump could say, some people say, bigger than Jesus. I didn't say that, of course. I'm a big fan of JC, but some people say, bigger deal than Jesus. <laughs> what would DT do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> DT to JC. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. Hanging out and high fiving and stuff. All right. So there's a couple things that has happened that actually we should all be concerned about. Um, one, I guess we'll go back in time. Do this other one first. There are. That's not the right article. That is it. Just get out of here. All right. So, six new countries are set to join BRICS, including Iran and Saudi Arabia, according to Politico. Leaders of the BRICS group has decided to invite six more countries to join their alliance. Argentina, Egypt, Ethiopia, Iran, Saudi Arabia, and the UAE have all been invited to become members of BRICS, said South African President Cyril, Cyril Ramaphosa who hosted a three-day summit in Johannesburg. Now we value the interest of other countries in building a partnership with BRICS. We have asked our foreign ministers to further develop the BRICS partner country model and a list of prospective partner countries and report by next summit. The decision to broaden the grouping reflects a lack of progress in deepening the existing BRICS alliance, which, despite representing a third of the global GDP, has divergent interests, ranging from China's rise as a global superpower to India's non-alignment to Brazil's status as a farm exporter. Some of the new members, notably Saudi Arabia and Iran, have a history of troubled relations, holding out little prospect of a coherent action beyond strengthening the representation of the Middle East and, and the African bloc. Okay, so like, there's these countries, they might not all join. Six of them have been invited to, you know, hop in there with China and Russia, 
um, Brazil, and so and India. So it's like, all right, well, what is the big deal about six more countries joining? One thing that BRICS has been looking into is one trading without the U.S. dollar. So if you want to buy oil from Russia, you know, maybe buy it in and was it rup- rubies, rupees, whatever, whatever, the right rubles, rubles, yeah. And so, but you buy it in whatever native currency. So like, hey, screw the U.S. dollar. We'll just sell sell in different currencies. Well, that alone, if you also in China and Russia, India, Brazil, um, especially if the Saudis get in there, and like now they're trading with one another without dollars being around. Well, that's that whole movement of the dollar thing they talk about. And so suddenly people don't need our dollars for commerce, especially for petrol dollar. And that means our value, our dollar gets worth even less. And so that'll be something where when our dollar is worth less, of course, the same thing is prices go up. So, you know, we'll have our $10 of buying power soon. We'll buy $5 or what have you. Not to mention BRICS has also been trying to come up with a unified currency. Now, this one I don't see happening, but if it's, I assume it'd be a, a digital asset. Uh, but if they had a, you know, a brick coin and all of a sudden it was just like, okay, we're only trading in brick coin. Well, that will definitely hurt the U S dollar. Cause then other countries will be like, well, I don't know. I might want to trade with, cause say you're China, you want to mess with us. You go, okay, well, um, shipments, a hundred dollars U S or it's uh $80. If you buy it in Bitcoin, people go, well, of course I'm going to buy it in Bitcoin, save 20% done and done. Bitcoin value goes up, U.S. dollar goes down. And so that's uh, that would be very troubling for the economy because oil will definitely get more expensive and food will definitely get more expensive. And after that, you know, everything else just, just tumbles. So on top of that, this is the article that just I was flipping through. I guess it's from August 30th from the Washington Post. Delinquencies rise for credit cards and auto loans, and it could get worse. So more Americans are falling behind on their car loans and credit card payments at any time in more than a decade. A troubling sign of consumer stress as higher prices and rising borrowing costs are squeezing household budgets. The pain is more acute for lower-income earners who have largely used whatever they managed to save during the pandemic, pandemic with the help of government stimulus checks to break uh, and breaks on obligations such as rent student loans. Uh, the increase in delinquencies and defaults is systematic of the symptomatic of the tough decisions that these households are having to make right now, whether to pay their credit card bills, their rent, or buy groceries. Um, so basically, like, let's see, average credit card, yep, is really high. Um, there is, do you have it pulled up right now? If you scroll down, there's a little line graph, delinquencies by type, yeah. So you can see, like, right now, we're the highest we've been since, you know, whatever, 2000, uh, over a decade. Uh, and we're kind of, we're on the trend of going back up towards 2008 kind of levels. Um, but what this says is there's a lot of people, especially, you know, as income gets lower, that are having to use credit cards just to get by with normal stuff, not even vacations or fun things like that. It's just like they got their auto rate 
Um, but you know, inflation's gone up. Maybe they've gotten a raise, maybe not, but either way, but groceries have gone up and everything, gas, all the stuff. And so just to get by, they're having to like dip into credit cards, which have over a 20% interest rate on them. And so this is just, this is just like, just trying to make do. And because of that, because of the juggling, they go, Oh, now maybe I don't pay my car note this month. I'll catch up next month. I don't pay the credit card. I'll do the minimum this month and try and catch up. Or maybe I can't even do that. And so we're seeing numbers that are at a 10 year high and growing. Um, so I think it'd be very wise for everyone to, when, when you look at the international stage of countries getting together to eliminate the U.S. dollar, when you combine that with the fact that, um, you know, we're raising interest rates, but we're not doing anything to, I mean, we're just playing the same games, hoping that, that things are good. We're still saying things like, well, the economy is actually very strong. You know, the job market right now is very strong. So we're still talking in circles about how good we are right now. Um, but it's just like, all right, so people are defaulting. If they default, that's bad for the banks. More of that. There's more runs on banks. Uh, kind of like how we've been already bailed out banks to a higher tune now than in 2008. Like as that keeps going, especially we keep raising interest rates, you know, and they're going to keep going. And so any bank, any bank's position on bonds, um, you know, that's why we've lost a couple already. But if there's a couple more doing safe bonds, like as these rates go up at some point, there'll be runs on other banks just because like if they if they were that heavy into them and now they're a losing investment, then somebody looks at the books of that bank and goes, hey, you're upside down and you've got like my money. It's like, I would like my money now. Like, I will go ahead and take it out. And especially if you're uh, one of these rich cats that have over the $250,000 amount, which, you know, I know for like a condo association, that's not uncommon. They actually created a new product for that where they do this weird bank swap thing. So, you know, banks are always lending to one another. Yeah. So it's just like overnight, they put it in a bunch of different bank accounts and they bring it back and a bunch of different ones and bring it back. And so you stay insured, but I, I worry about that, but you know, but there's lots of, you know, there's institutions, there's groups like that that could have high balances without being a rich fat cat, you know? And so all of a sudden people start going, Ooh, like I know FDIC says I'm covered for this amount, but if I got more than that, like I'm in trouble. Like, let's get that out and put it in a different bank. And the more that happens, the more we'll see things tumble. And I think, um, you know, it's funny with the, residential real estate market um companies over the last few years have especially with the easy free money from the fed you know we're basically borrowing at zero percent and so they're buying up houses they're paying people 20 percent over asking prices going in like looking at it as 30 year plan going like well in 30 years it'll be worth more so they're just buying up and so as they bought houses above market market went up so all the value like houses became more and more expensive People are getting priced out, and now they, they're sitting on a portfolio of rental homes. They go, well, you can't afford to buy, of course, but you're going to rent one. Um, so, And I think that's keeping the residential inventory real low, so that's why we don't see prices dipping quite yet. But I think commercial. I think commercial is where we see a lot of crashing. And any companies who've done the house purchase by cross-collateralizing, you know, the more they're tied up with each other, the more that one can be a domino. Uh, but I think that stuff's coming. I think it's going to be 
I think it's going to be rough. Um, I don't know if it'll be worse than 2008. I mean, it has has the right pieces. It has the right pieces to be worse than 2008. Uh, But it might just be more... There might be fewer people losing their homes um, just because it might be based... They might be less stretched than corporate uh, corporate buyers who were really playing the cheap money game, you know, because now that money's not so cheap and they got to catch up and uh, refinancing in general, like on a commercial level. So like a lot of these people that have lots of uh, like office towers, um, like a lot of those companies, they have their loans coming up like the end of this year, next year, whatever, that they really will need to refinance before they hit a bubble, you know? Um, but things are a lot tighter. Um, I know a relative with a company that's a lot of heavy machinery involved. Right. And so it takes, before you get paid a dime, you have to spend a lot of money to get machinery out the door, manpower, you know, the unions, all that kind of stuff. So just to start a job, you know, before you've collected a dollar, you may have spent a million or two. Um, and it's just normal. It's just the, the industry, heavy machines and all that. But, uh, but because of that, you carry a line of credit, you know, and you just play that. Um, you know, there's been some refinancing stuff that's been challenging there because people are just, they're not, assets are not being looked at the same way. They're, they want liquidity, you know, like banks are looking more like, what am I going to do with whatever, a property and some machines to sell at auction? I don't need that. I'll be out of business. Like, I need some cash somewhere. I was like, so can't you put up cash? It's like, put, put up the cash. Why would I need to find credit? You know? <laughs> but, uh, but no, I think a lot of different uh, business industries um, over the next year is when I think we'll really see who's going to be able to make it. I think there'll be some consolidation, you know, big banks getting bigger, some companies getting bigger. Um, and then there'll be some things that just kind of just domino down. Um, so that's my, my cheery news. Have, had you seen anything about the delinquencies or anything like that or any talk about bricks? I mean, the, the, the whole, I, I kind of watched the bricks thing and I'm, and I'm wondering about uh, countries that currently owe the U.S. dollars, you know, could we offset the BRICS issue by saying, hey, you still have to pay us back in dollars, so convert your BRICS, if that goes that route, into dollars before you pay us. I don't know. Yeah. The problem is, I don't know how many people owe Like, we give money away, but, like, China, like, lends money. Like, And then they go, you can't pay? I take that port, you know? Like, that's a nice port you got there. And those are some nice uh, lithium mines. Like, you need to pay us back. We've got a plan. You know, America is just like, we send out the door, you know, all this cash to this country. You go, Why the hell? It's like, well, they keep the, you know, the Suez Canal open without people shooting at us. It's like, so we send them how many millions of dollars just to, like, not shoot at us when we go through the water? They go, yeah, that's it. And it's like, okay, they pay us back? No. It's like, okay, like Ukraine. Have you heard anything about a loan to Ukraine? No. No, that's, uh, I mean, there's, there is no free lunch. I mean, obviously, it's a colony of the United States, and anybody that's pro-Ukraine in this matter, I mean, I would like Ukraine not to die. 
um, and this whole war to be over. But the people that like put the flag in their bio and the sticker on their car and all that kind of stuff and just say, nope, they should say they're the... Until that whole country is decimated, every citizen is dead. They should just keep fighting for, you know, these territories that they've been in conflict forever. Um, so, yeah, I just... Uh, all those people don't seem to understand that we're not... Uh, yes, we're doing it to weaken Russia, of course. We're doing it to weaken Russia. We're trying to give them a new... Afghanistan, you know, like they did Afghanistan because we wanted them to have a new Vietnam. And so then we went to Afghanistan and we we're like, oh, that's right. And so now we're like, well, let's give one of those to Russia now. And so we gave them Ukraine. And so they'll just sit there and spend money and we'll, and you know, we don't care how many Ukrainians we have to watch die and how many of their buildings, their cities, like the decimation over there. Some of their beautiful like architecture is just gone. Uh, but we're not doing it because we're nice. Like that's gonna be the colony of the United States. Like, you know, come on. BlackRock's already over there talking about rebuilding. I know they're bigger than a country, which is something, but you know, they greased they grease here just like they greased there. That's I mean I don't know what it's gonna be. Like I don't know how they're gonna rebuild it, but it's probably gonna look like shopping malls and shit, you know? It's gonna be a bunch of Best Buys and McDonald's and whatever. So I just don't know how people it's because they're not even looking anymore. Just, I put the Ukraine flag up. Putin should stop. He should leave. He should die. It's like, okay. I don't know if you've ever like compromised with people before, but like, if your position is the guy who's currently kind of winning, what he needs to do is, is die or step down from office, give up the territory that he holds. One of them he's held for over a decade. You know, like he holds the territory. And you're like, give it all back, step down from your post, leave immediately. It's like, it's like, and you won't join NATO? They're like, no, maybe we still will. We're allowed to do that. It's like, okay. And so Russia gets, what? You know? Like, oh, you don't have to spend any money anymore. It's like, okay, this is stupid. This is all stupid. Anyway. Well, then the other, the other red flag that supports that is the fact that whenever we ask the government, we audit the government, hey, can you show us the trail of this money and assets? And they're like, what are you talking about? We don't have to do that. They just like, they just flick us off both hands like, fuck you. It's like, no, we're not doing it. It's like, oh, okay. I just thought maybe since it's like my money. They're like, it's not your money. We spent that a long time ago. You see how much debt we have? We're borrowing this money. We're inventing it. We're not spending your money. We're devaluing your money. Like we spent all your money years ago. Now we'll just devalue it because government, we did it. But uh, that's the only thing like with this whole race, whether it's, I mean, it's probably gonna be Trump versus Biden. Like Trump still, after all this, he's still sitting at 50%. You know, Ramaswamy looks like he's a little surge here. Who knows if he actually surges. DeSantis is kind of staying there at second place at 13, 15%. Nikki Haley got a little bit of a bump, which made sense. She did she did okay in the in the debate. You know, she came out as a as an adult with governor experience and all that kind of stuff. Uh Tim Scott basically came out as nothing. He just sounded like a politician. Like it was a fine story, but there's nothing there. He should drop out. And uh Chris Christie Chris Christie just wanted to be like, I'm a tough guy and I like sandwiches. <laughs> and so that was 
That was his. <laughs> he had a. He tried to get. He kept wanting to fight with Ramaswamy. Mike Pence is the one that I'm most surprised about. I watched that whole thing. I was like, Pence is done. I was like, this was embarrassing. He keeps interrupting and talking over people. Like this is like when he does get a chance, he sounds like, yeah, 1950s Sears salesman or something. Where it's just like, no, this is what we're gonna do. Good over for United States of America. Okay, cool. But like he uh he spent so much time interrupting and yelling, and I was like, he's done. But somehow he got a bump. Not by a lot. He's still let's see. Trump, DeSantis, Ramaswamy, Haley. Pence is like fifth or sixth. Christie got a little bump, I think mainly for like New Hampshire, but but he was also at like nothing. Like him and Pence were at nothing, so their bumps got him up. But like Haley's the only one that sort of leapfrogged anybody. Um, anyway, I think they should all, at this point, you know, I guess anybody can get a surge. Christie's fun to watch. Ramaswamy's a lot of fun to watch. Um, Haley can stay, I guess. But like the other ones, like Pence needs to go. The dude from wherever the hell where he broke his leg before the debate, he's got to go. And the other guy, Asa Hutchinson, your favorite guy from the state of... Hutchinson. <laughs> yeah, no one's ever heard of him. <laughs> he was the former governor of Arkansas. <laughs> the other guy, I forget, Burn, Burnham, Burnham, Burn, Burnham, um, something, I forget, something like that. He's like governor of South Dakota or North Dakota. Wow. North Dakota, maybe? Because South Dakota is what's-her-face, right? Anyway, he's got good eyebrows. Very nice eyebrows. But apparently he's done a good job as governor. But who cares, you know? And so, anyway, all those people just need to leave. Let's, I just want to see, I don't know. It'd be good to get Trump up there, but it'd be nice to have Trump and, like, DeSantis and Ramasamy and Christie. And, I mean, Nikki Haley's fine, too, I guess. Um, but the rest, like, let's just get them up there fighting. It'd be fun. Ramaswamy was, I guess, a lot of people. I thought he did a lot better than the polls are showing. I don't think some people found him to be arrogant and obnoxious, which I found hilarious. So he was a little bit like that, and I enjoyed every moment of it, but I guess not everybody is looking for what I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Just someone that's pissing off everybody. And it's like, by the way, I'm going to shut down the FBI. It's like, good. He just laid out his plan for shutting down the FBI again. So that's good. He says he can, he can eliminate, I forget how many. He's like, there's 20,000. He's like, you can eliminate day one. He's like, it's redundancies. It's, you know, people at work and other agencies like, uh, the rangers and all this other stuff he's like let them do that it's like i agree i don't even care like if you're saying fire twenty thousand of anybody in the government i support it fbi yep atf yep department of education yep epa yep twenty thousand i don't care state department military twenty thousand whatever military might be a challenge but we have lots of admirals that probably need to retire anyway I think that'll wrap us up for this Labor Day weekend extravaganza. Um, everybody remember to subscribe and like and do the other things on the YouTubes and the Rumbles and the other things. I don't know. Spotify things. iTunes. Okay. Charlie? Uh, Till next time, planet Earth. Stay on planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh.